You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. I was thinking about a really good question after last week's episode, and I wanted to bring it up. Okay. So the question is, if we're in a horror movie, in what place do we die? <laughs> like in what order do we in die? In what order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, question. What is the scenario of the scary movie? I was thinking about that. I think the best scenario for this conversation and this question is going to be Cabin in the Woods. What? <laughs> that was so- it's still a horror movie. That was great. That's that was saying. actually a great. Movie. It has uh, a happy ending. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> I'm obviously going to be the first one to die because I'm the loud, fat, obnoxious one that's like oblivious to everything, and I'll just be laughing and then get stabbed in the head or something. So, okay. Uh, this is completely. You take it however you want. I'm just going to say it. DJ is the darkest. (laughs) That is a factor. (laughs) I am Japanese and the rest are white. So who knows? I'm a little little Spanish. Okay. Now that we uh, know all of that information, where where do we fall? Okay. If it's a... uh, like a murderer scenario, I feel like I would get murdered quickly. If it's like a spiritual, like, oh, demons, whatever, I would beat that so quickly. I, I do have to say, if it were a slasher movie, you would not die first because you are the comedic relief. Um, so I think you would either make it to the end or die right before the end when they want to take away all like hope is when you would die. Right before the pretty main girl. Yes. Gets stabbed in the boob. Well, we survives. have no pretty main girls here, so. Yeah, if that's a slasher, for sure that's your outcome. <laughs> that's a good point. For for me, like it would all, yeah, it depends on what the monster is. Because I feel like I'm decently aware, and if I know if it's a scary situation, I'm going to be paranoid anyways. Let's say serial killer. Okay. It's just for the sake. Is that for okay? For the sake conversation. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I feel like Jordan would be the one that's like, ends up being the murderer. <laughs> Because I was just going to say, don't suspect it at all. And it's like on Scream, where it's like they're friends. Spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) If you haven't seen Scream yet, then you're really young and shouldn't be watching it right now, anyway. I appreciate that. But yeah, because like, I I feel like Jordan's like, oh, like, oh, (laughs) nothing's going good for me. Uh, And then comes out and just he's the one who's been slowly picking picking us off if jordan's the killer sean's dead first i was just gonna say if i was the killer <laughs> this conversation <laughs> we're all killers i'm uh taking charles out first damn it and why then jordan is the little bit of the prissy so i'm gonna make him suffer the whole time <laughs> the fuck? i think i'm supposed to agree with that <laughs> yeah Oh, you are prissy, dude. Yeah, yeah for dude. sure. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Killing Kevin next. And then Jordan. Honestly, though, if if it was this group of people and it was a serial killer, that serial killer is getting killed first. Okay, you're right. You're right. killed dead. Dude, DJ, DJ P just walked in, boys. Hello, hello, that friends. Would, yo, if anyone wants to, you know, for those of you who aren't watching the YouTube stream right now, DJ's looking fly. Oh my gosh. Let's elevate his drip. <laughs> Always trying to be fresh to death. Hey. Hey. Uh yeah. If you guys aren't watching us on Twitch, um, you need to get on that. If you aren't watching on YouTube, it's because it's like our Twitch doesn't exist yet. No. <laughs> um oh Deej, we're talking about serial killers right now. And how this group who would die first and just like or maybe how you would die or what you would be doing in the scenario. So in what order or how and why? Honestly speaking, I think I would be first because I'm fat. Oh, what? And he'd catch me first. That's one. Two, because I'm brown. Yeah. <laughs> and statistics show that <laughs> most most serial killers are, are white and, and dark people die in movies first. Um, dark people. Colored people. 
I am a POC. And three, because I feel like I can be really ignorant. Like, I just don't see Do you just things like, going on. There's a there's an empty wheelchair in the forest. <laughs> let's go. Guys, let's go look at it. Okay, you you it. know, one thing that I'm like really bad at like is like when when people are like drunk. That's like an example. It's like when you someone's don't. super drunk, like they'll they'll come around and like people will call it off. And I was just like, oh, I thought he's just a funny guy. <laughs> 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 See, so I'm just like super ignorant to these kind of things. So if like somebody's trying to be all friendly to me, I give them the benefit of the doubt. You're like, sure, come in. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we all die. Yeah. <laughs> DJ just lets the serial killer in while we're all hiding, uh, hiding out. I'm sorry, guys. Do you know this guy? <laughs> he I says like he knows answer. you. I like that answer. That's funny. Welcome to 3AM, where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Elmer. What's the scariest thing that you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3AM is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experiences, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to 3AM Podcast. This is Sean. Uh, My name is Charlie. This is Jordan. This is DJ. And tonight we have a special guest, one of our best friends. Kevin. Welcome. Thanks. No, I was talking to our audience. So we wanted to have Kevin on. We wanted to sh- him to share his stories if he wanted, whatever he kind of felt like. Just before we get into it, just to let you guys know, we might be talking about things that you know are heavy. So just be warned. And we want to respect him, but we also try to make light just how we deal and how we process. So yeah, we we talk a lot about like um, when we like do something scary. There's things that we do afterwards or before to like diffuse, you know. And one of the things that I would do as a kid. If I watched Jumanji, that was like a scary movie for me. Um, I'd have to like watch like a Disney show or play like video games after to like forget. You know what I mean? So you guys throw in those nice shows after this. Yeah. Maybe say a prayer, you know, you do you. Yeah. After our podcast, go, go and do something to clear the air a little bit. <laughs> or if you ever are pursuing like scary stuff, it's a good idea to check yourself, clear the air, whatever that may be. But okay. How about you tell because you haven't told this story yet. Kevin recently visited home and his mom revealed this show is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 a.m. And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, yeah. So, well, Kevin, wh- where are you from? I'm from El Paso, Texas. Born and raised. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been here in Utah? Well, I've been in Utah. I moved to Utah December 1st, 2007. 
What are some? So I've been here for a while. Now. What are some distinct like characteristics about El Paso for those of us who haven't been there before? It's a big pile of dirt with a bunch of Mexicans running around. That's whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't say Mexicans. All you need to know. <laughs> so you went back to that pile of dirt. No, my uh, birth mom does not live in El Paso, so I didn't know my mom again until I was like 16 mm-hmm. so I was still finding out like stories and stuff from her but she lives in this tiny little meth town in East Texas called Palestine and back before I got braces and like started like getting my teeth looking decent people there would compliment me on my teeth so that just tells you <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, because I have them. Got it. <laughs> so, wait, wait. It's Palestine. It's Palestine, Texas. Is it spelt like Palestine? Yes. Thank but you. It's pronounced so Palestine. And there's more cows and people. And it's so ghetto. So when you went back, it wasn't to El Paso. No, I went to visit my mom in Palestine. The nearest city to it is like Tyler, Texas. Tyler also sounds like a meth town, so <laughs> not, I mean, not that super whole helpful. area is kind of methy. But Any Palestine is like hardcore meth. Palestine is like if Walmart were a city. You know? So Okay, so set the scene. You're uh, you are talking to your mom and she reveals. Well, so you. I'm just talking to my mom and uh she's all. Or we we were talking about experiences because I used to think I was psychic. Because on the last episode, you guys were talking about how like your subconscious is like real powerful, and I used to think I was psychic because like my subconscious would pick up on all these things, and I was like, oh, I all of a sudden like know these things, and then I was like, oh, I just like picked up on these little like hidden cues and stuff. But so like we were talking about just like semi spiritual stuff, and then she tells me she's all like, oh, well, you've always had like spirits around you. I remember one time when you were a baby. She said, I was in the room crying and she walks in and she said, there's this dark figure standing next to me. And I was like a newborn baby. And she stops and starts to go into the room and it tells her, like, it's all like, get out of the room. And she's all like, no, I'm not going to leave. And it's like, get out of the room. And she's like, no, I'm not going to leave. And so like, she runs in, like grabs me and runs out. And then... Yeah, that was, and I was all wet. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool. So this has been happening to you since you were a baby, a newborn. Yeah. I remember uh, Ted Bundy sharing something similar happened to him as a child. <laughs> For real? Is that a real thing? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. A shadow with the face of Stannis Baratheon, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is that? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> Charles is the loner who hasn't watched Game of Thrones. The one American who hasn't seen it yet. Okay, so it doesn't stop there, right? Yeah, no. So things were were not kind of things were really bad while my parents were still together. They got divorced when I was four. So I don't have very many memories from that time. I mean, obviously, I was a little child. Um. But then, so then when my parents got divorced, we moved in with my aunt in El Paso. Like I was born in El Paso, then we moved to Lubbock. And then I was there for like four years. And then we moved back to El Paso when my parents got divorced. And we lived with my aunt and she was LDS. And like, would like take us to church with her and all that stuff. And like, she had a really good home environment. So I don't remember anything like going on around there. But then we moved out. <laughs> like we moved into these apartments where my dad met my stepmom. And uh, I just remember like all of a sudden after that, just like feeling like spooky. Like I would always get uneasy, like just randomly. Was it like a feeling like someone was there? Yeah. Like you were being like, watched? Yeah. Like I was like being watched and I mean, very well could have been as El Paso. Everybody there is like a pedo. Are, were Not these really. like, during, would you get these feelings during the day as well or when you're around other people or more mostly just like alone at night? No, it was like during, it was, it was just random during the day around people just, 
And I was around people. That's crazy. Yeah. So I actually used to think that maybe I was crazy because so my very first memories of like any movies that I watched, my mom (laughs) showed us the uh, what was it? It and the Puppet Master. Those are my very first movies. And oh, I don't she's know. trying to ruin your Basically. night. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Not your first scary, like first movies. First movies <laughs> that I have any memories of. I didn't watch Disney movies till I was older. <laughs> like, no wonder yeah. you were feeling uneasy in the middle of the day in crowds of people. Yeah, so I was all like, I'm just paranoid. I'm just like turning psycho. No, that's PTSD. <laughs> God bless Walt. I mean... Or, uh, the movies were like the least of my worries at that time. Okay, so your but, your dad is with uh, your a new wife, your stepmom. How yeah. old? How old are you? So they get married when I'm like six, maybe seven. Don't really know. How old were you when you? So you were like five or six when you moved into that new apartment. When you moved out of your aunt's. Yeah, because they moved to Utah. And so they sold their house. We there were also six kids, and she had three kids. So there were nine children, and three adults living in that house. <laughs> wow! So, God bless them. Yeah. I mean, again, everybody there is Mexican. It's not unheard of. So you know, pretty standard there. Yeah. Okay. Like when when all twenty of us pile out of the car, it was like, oh, cool. You know, like we fit in. Oh, weird. You're white. What are you right. doing? Well, because otherwise we were the minority, you know? <laughs> so. Why are you guys cramming in? Like, that's what we do. But um, it was just it was just early cultural appropriation. Just kidding. <laughs> that was bad. Okay. Anyway, so then my parents, or so like my dad and stepmom get married and then we start renting a house. So we move out of these apartments and we rent this house. The day we go to move in. I, uh, we're all excited. We're going to this new house. I open the door. It's unlocked. And wait, sorry, you're gonna have to restart this. So, how old are you again? One more time. And I'm then, like six or seven. And then you're really excited to move in. Yeah, so we're all really excited to move in because we'd been living in an apartment for you know a couple of years, and so we go in and we have this. We have a station wagon and we have a, a like a twelve passenger van that was just like brown and ugly and so ghetto and beat up and everything. And I remember getting out and I wanted to be the first one because I'm a middle child and so I need that attention. And so like I run to the door and it's like kind of cracked a bit and I was all what like this is weird but didn't think anything of it and I push it open. There's water all over the floor. The Carpet's been flooded. There's um, graffiti and like later found out blood all over the walls. That so apparently the tenants before us got evicted because there was like this like little farm behind. Like so we had like our back door neighbors and then there's like the side street and there's a ditch and right off of that ditch there's this little farm. And they would go and like steal the roosters and the rabbits and stuff and like do like little sacrifices, like devil worshipy stuff. And whoa, whoa, whoa. not devil worshipy stuff. That sounds pretty legit. Like devil worship, <laughs> right? Yeah, like devil so, like worship ish. <laughs> they were just kind of sacrificing animals to <laughs> Lucifer. Okay, so you run in. Well, no, I run to the door and I push it open. The house is flooded. So what they did is they clogged the kitchen sink, turned the water on like Home Alone style, and it just ran everywhere. So everything was flooded. The walls were all graffitied and like paint. They painted like the Pentagon or Pentagram, whatever it's called. Satan star. (laughs) (laughs) Was that also in blood? I assume. I mean, it wasn't in paint. It was brushed on there. Was there any dead animals in there? Yeah. So there were skinned rabbits and just like dead animals strewn everywhere. They got evicted. So they got pissed. So they trashed the place. 
And so, and this is your new home <laughs> while we were renting it. And your six year old self just ran into this <laughs> yeah, so nightmare. We, like they called the landlord. We got a hotel. They like cleaned it up. I remember like going back to like, I think we were helping repaint or something. And they had like lifted one end of the carpet up and just like attached it over a fan. And for whatever reason, that creeped me out because I just saw like the carpet like waving up and down. And I was like, it's like it's alive. (laughs) So that image just always stuck with me. I don't know why. Okay. So what you're saying is you went to an open house. It was supposed to be your new house, but the door was open. The skinned rabbits, the blood on the wall, none of that got to you. It was the carpet on the electric fan. (laughs) I mean, that got to me, but the carpet also. (laughs) He's like, it was shag. It was hideous. (laughs) So, but like from day one, when we like moved our stuff in there, just ish was going down from like the very first night. You could feel feelings and we saw things like, Oh, wow. so I remember. So it Wait, was a three so, bedroom house. I'm going to ask a question real quick. When you were, so you were six when you walked in six or seven. What did you think? I don't know. Could you do like compute? It, what was no, happening? It didn't seem like I was like, what the heck is going on? I didn't register as like, Oh my gosh, this is like something like scary. It's kind of like, oh, why is it so dirty? Like, yeah, it was okay. like, what the heck? Because I didn't know that. And then and then I started getting freaked out when everybody else was freaked out, like my older brothers and sisters and stuff. Like, cause when then you they know understood, the series? Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is something I'm supposed to be like affected by. Oh, okay. So night one, you said things started happening. Yeah, so we it was a three-bedroom, four-bedroom house. <clears throat> Excuse me, but we had eight kids. So... We had one super big room that was like a den living area that we just turned into like a bedroom. All four of my sister, because there are four boys, four girls, all four of my sisters shared a room. And then um, me and my older brother shared a room and then my two little brothers shared a room. And then my parents had their room. So day one, all four of my sisters come running past because so their room is on one end of the house and then you have like the living room the kitchen and then there's a hallway and then there's a bathroom on the right hand side if you're like walking down the hallway then my bedroom is basically right across from the bathroom and then at the end of the hall is my parents room and then my little brother's room and so they come running down and they're like we just saw like this giant thing walk across their doorway. And so like, and all four of them saw it. So they're like, we know we weren't imagining it. And so they come running in. They don't want to sleep in their room anymore. Just like crazy stuff was going on. So we all were scared and we're all huddled in my one room. And in my room, we had built-in bunk beds like built into the wall, but you had to have a special ordered mattress for it because they were like a weird size. So we didn't have those yet. So we were all sleeping on this little air mattress in the middle of the floor. And I was like cuddled up next to my oldest sister. And she got up in the middle of the night and it woke me up. And I just assumed she was like going into the, bathroom to go to the bathroom but she turned and went into the kitchen and so i was like oh maybe she's just getting a drink she comes back and is standing in the doorway with a knife and just like standing there then she kind of just like does a little like jerk shake thing drops the knife and comes and lays right back down right next to me and i was all what is going on and she's all like oh i had such a weird dream that last night and like so then, like, my parents found the knife, and they got all mad that we were up. They thought we were, like, up sneaking about. And I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, but they never believed us when we told them things were going on. And it was, I was like, you have eight people telling you that these things are going on, and you're not believing us. 
Isn't that the most frustrating thing in scary movies? It's so annoying. I get so frustrated. When the stupid adults won't listen. Or the husband. Except now I'm that adult. (laughs) That's like the crux of like Goonies, Stranger Things. It's like mature adults have like abandoned them. Yeah. If my kids come up to me and they're like, I see something, I'm going to believe them. And then if I find out later they're lying, I will beat them then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why like kids are like that because they're just always making up stuff. So their parents are like, okay, like get out of here. Like we just don't have kids, so we don't know yet, you know? <laughs> well, so like Ryder, I'm sorry, Sean, we'll, we'll say something. Um, uh, your parents were pretty strict, right? Like they ran a tight house. Like you guys weren't yeah. allowed to leave. Everything your rooms was at super night. controlled. Is that okay to it share? Was, yeah. Yeah. They just, there are eight kids. Their method of handling things was control. It was just very, very controlled. <laughs> I don't know what other word just to strict, say. Right? Yeah. It was really strict. And so, but yeah, but also I was, I was a little kid. I have an active imagination. Even now, I still have like a really active imagination. So, I mean, I live with, or so my sister and my nephew live with me. And my nephew has a crazy, like we're super alike. And he has a really active imagination as well. And he has nightmares all the time. And like he'll start screaming and crying saying that he saw like, like one of his things float against or float across the room but then like we go in there and it's like still sitting in the same place and i was like writer like and he's freaked out i'm like things happen in our heads and our mind is super powerful and if we're scared because we've seen things because writer has seen some scary movies that i'm like why you already have nightmares like why the heck anyway that's different different podcast (laughs) and so (laughs) but um so I can I can kind of see like, yeah, you guys are dumb kids. You have active imaginations. Like, go back to bed, whatever. But like, there were some like legit, real like things going on in that house, and just like one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever had in my entire life happened in that house. And that was the story I was thinking I was going to share tonight, but. Like I warned Charles, I always talk for too long and I give way too many details and I just ramble and I'm so sorry. (laughs) So everything I just told was like a precursor to this story. A little appetite, a little appetizer. appetizer. A little appetizer. Um, Okay, so you you kids are in this house. Things are happening constantly. How, how, How often was it? All the time. Like sometimes it was daily. Like it was just, it was crazy insane. Um, it also seemed like you're mentioning like your sister, like she had the knife. Like, do you remember? Yeah. Like, so everybody, everybody was experiencing it. It wasn't just me. Like we all like banded together. There was one night where my older brother and I, we couldn't sleep. I was on the top bunk. He was on the bottom and we were just like, like laying there talking. And then we're all like, ah, oh, somebody left the bathroom light on. And that was one of like, leaving lights on was one of the things that like get in a lot of trouble for and like just stuff like that. So we were just like, <sighs> go turn it off. And I was like, no, I'm on the top bunk. You go turn it off. And like, we just kind of argued about it. So then, cause we're both a little scared to get out of bed. Cause we don't like being in our house. We don't like walking around it. And so we were like, fine, let's go together. So, <laughs> We go and the door starts opening and closing, not like oh, swaying back and forth, fully opening and closing, like close all the way, open, close, and we're all what? And it's like when we're standing in the hallway that that starts happening. And so I was like, so we look in to see if like somebody's in there messing with us, empty, empty bathroom, because like right behind the door is the bathtub, so it's very easily for somebody like stand in the bathtub and like you know do that. But it was empty. The uh, window was cracked a little bit, but it wasn't a tornado outside. <laughs> yeah, so you know? that shouldn't be happening. The, wi- the wind couldn't turn the doorknob, right? <laughs> and then, so like, and then we hear this 
crazy laugh. And <laughs> we just bolt down to our parents' room and we're like, pound on the door. They open it, all types of upset, think that we're like making this up to be funny or whatever and just make us go to bed. And so like, as we like walk by, I just like reach my hand in real quick and swipe the light off and then we run and get into bed. And then <laughs> like, you just like can't stop thinking about it. And I like just found myself just staring at the door until I fell asleep. Because we weren't allowed to sleep with our doors closed either. But also, I didn't want to, you know, because I was scared. <laughs> no deal, Howie. Right? It was insane. So the movie The Conjuring was your life. Yo, also, underneath those built-in bunk beds was a tunnel that led to my brother's room that was, like, filled with a bunch of crap. And, like, when we were, like, supposed to clean our room or whatever, we'd, like, shove stuff in there. But, like, we'd hear, like, things crawling through and stuff, which, I mean, we yeah. were kind of... Chupacabras. Trashy, so it's it rats or something, but... <laughs> but, oh, so I want to get to the actual story I want to tell. <laughs> um, so, this story happens when I'm 12. And it was, like, crazy. I never really slept well because I'd always wake up at night... Cause I'd hear like people walking around my room, which makes me just sound crazy. Like I'm hearing like voices or like sounds on my head, you know? Sorry. Is this the same, same house? Yeah. Okay. Same house, same bedroom, everything. Sometimes when I'd wake up, I think that I would like see like figures walking around and stuff like that. And so I started sleeping basically almost sitting like straight up. I just piled a bunch of, pillows up against the wall and I'd sleep like that. That way I could open my eyes and have full view without having to move because I was terrified. That's genius, by the way. Because <laughs> you if you're moving your body, they know you awake. Right? But if you just open your eyes real quick, they're like, you know, I mean, they, yeah. you don't know like, what. Open my eyes a little slit, you know, like thinking I'm hey, a clever hey, little hey. kid. <laughs> <laughs> what if like ghosts can see in the dark though? <laughs> and it just doesn't matter. You're just like super visible Triggers. everything you do. <laughs> That's so sad that you had to deal with that. Like the constant fear of going to bed, waking up and stuff. That's heavy, man. Well, That's seven years in the same house from five to 12. Yeah. One time I walked by my bedroom and I like, out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody standing. It was before we, it was like the first couple weeks that we were in the house. We, uh, before we got the mattresses and we still had the air mattress in there. We, uh, or I see somebody standing on my bed and I like do a double take and I was like, what? There's like nobody there, but there was like this grown man standing on my bed that I saw and I run and I grab Catherine, my oldest sister, and we go back into my room and there's footprints on my pillow that had just like been standing there. And I was like, I don't want to sleep here. <laughs> I was so mad. I, uh, I have a question for you. As a child, what could you possibly do to get your parents to believe you? Like you're seeing all this stuff. Nothing. Like what? <laughs> what? I mean, I'm thinking if I ever have kids, this is what I'm going to tell them. Mm -hmm. What could you possibly even do? Well, so can I answer that question with my story and then tell you what happened after the story? You can do whatever you want, dog. So I was 12 years old. I was kind of going crazy because I like wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't happy in the house. I wasn't like happy just, you know, in life. And so... I woke up this this night again, basically sitting straight up. And like every time I woke up like that, I'd always wake up like in a panic. And I'd like look around my room. I had everything situated to where I could see it to where I didn't have to move like at all. I had a desk right here. My alarm clock would face me so I could always like see what time it was. And uh but so I woke up and my heart was racing and I look over and I don't see anything in my room. I don't hear anything. I look over at my desk and my alarm clock says that it's 2.58. So I was just like, oh, it's three in the morning, whatever. 
I uh, try to calm myself down and I close my eyes. And as soon as I close my eyes, it was like they were open again. And everything is exactly the same. And I'm looking around my room. My alarm clock still says 2.58. And then I look into my doorway and standing above ground, not all cheesy, like floaty style, but like, like they're standing on solid ground, but like above the ground was this dark figure this of a man and above it was like letters written above it in like these blackish purplish letters and it was dark in my room we didn't have like night lights or anything but this figure was so dark it made the rest of my room look like it was lit up it was a very weird like thing because I could like see my room in such like great detail because of that but he was like so dark and he started to talk to me in some language and I couldn't move. And I was just like laying there and just staring at him and he was talking to me and talking to me. I couldn't read whatever language was written above him. And then he like stops talking and we're just like staring at each other. And then he says, yes, Kevin, I am here. And all of a sudden, like, my vision leaves, but I can still like hear like the ambient noises or whatever. And I'm like paralyzed with fear. I can't move any part of my body. All of a sudden, like my eyes pop back open. There's nothing in my room anymore. Like I'm looking at my room, but I can't move my body because I'm so terrified for whatever reason. Like, if you, I don't know, it just sounds so dumb. Like, I know you fell asleep and you had this dream or whatever, but just the feeling associated with it was unlike anything else I'd ever felt. I'd been scared in that house so many times before then, but that feeling, it was just like, sorry, it was so dark and I'd never felt anything like that before. And, uh, I look over at my alarm clock. It still says 2.52, even though the whole experience felt like it was like so long. 2.58? Or 2.58, yeah, sorry. Hmm? Start start from, I look back at my... Oh, I look back at my alarm clock. It still says 2.58. Even though the whole experience felt like it took just forever, it all happened within less than a minute. So, you know, like, yeah, that's like your brain doing something. But... Again, just like the feeling, and I couldn't shake it. I couldn't sleep. Finally, like a few minutes go by, and then I was still like paralyzed with fear. I couldn't move the rest of my body. And so finally, I could move my body, and I just like curl up into the fetal position, and I just am laying there or like sitting there crying, and I had no idea what to do. I was like, I just felt so helpless and it was like the last straw and I was like, I'm gonna like lose my mind and I was dealing with other things and it just, everything just sucked and I was like, blah. So this is to answer Sean's question of like, what do you do? I knew that my parents weren't listening to me. I knew that if I told them, it would just be like, oh, you had a bad dream, you know, and like even though that feeling was there. So that Sunday I went to church with um, one of my best friends and his mom was our Sunday school teacher. And uh, she gave us a lesson about how, like when Moses was tempted by Satan, you know, and then he like cast him out in the name of Christ. And she's all like, and you guys can do that too. And da, 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 da. that lesson just hit me so powerfully. And so like, I stayed and I like asked her like more questions and stuff like that. And she like explained to me how, and like from that point on, I was like, finally I have something like, I don't need to be help or like feel helpless and stuff like that. And so that's what I did. I just ended up relying on like my faith and like my, uh, like knowledge of things I can do to, you know, deal with it because it didn't stop. It never stopped. That whole time we were in that house, even after we moved, we moved into another house for a couple years and things happened in that house too. And it was this really old house, but there were also like in that house, there were also like really cool, like good things that happened. 
But then my parents had a house built, and so then we moved into that house, and things still happened there. And then when I moved out, things still happened to me. So it was like something that I never, like I didn't ever feel like I had to like, or like I would never get rid of. But like I learned to like deal with it on my own and like not go crazy. And it could just very well be that like my brain is retarded and fire and misfiring like chemicals and I'm seeing things and hearing things and driving myself nuts. But uh well, even 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 with that, like perception is reality. Like regardless, to that person, to that person, yeah, yeah. So regardless of what was happening, that's what you believed was happening, and what you saw was happening. So that was your reality, right? Yeah, and the other people who didn't believe you, who's to say their reality is more real or more important than your reality? You know, like what you're experiencing is legitimate. So it's like regardless of what. Also, um. <laughs> When you said the thing said, yes, Kevin, I'm here, legitimately, I was like tearing up. I was like, that is so wild. Yeah, that was. And I've heard this before. So, like, I, the second <laughs> time going, you know, I was like still yeah. hit by it. It's so crazy. Yeah, I went. So, like, I, that Sunday, it bothered me so bad. Just like, I couldn't shake that feeling for so long. So, like, that Sunday, I went and I like asked my bishop, and I was like, does Satan know our names? And he was all, yeah, I, th- I think so. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I was so scared. Sick, Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, so the person who gave the lesson, who taught, was that Eric's mom? No, this was my friend Steven's mom. Okay. And uh, now Eric's mom is... A saint and amazing and yeah well my, kind of a little bit of my takeaway was just like if you're going through something it's important to find someone who you trust who trusts you and if you're out there you might be that person for someone else right yeah so just be mindful like you have no idea i guess what people are going through because like i didn't i don't think i ever fully understood the scope of what you went through as a kid you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just something to be mindful of. Like maybe there's someone around you who might need help. So you should pay attention to that. Would you describe it as a haunting? Like the house or me? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I definitely think that there's some like bad juju in that house just cause like what happened. Like, cause there were so many just like things that went on. Um, Cause I think even within our group, we're not all on the same page about how much we believe in ghosts and things like that. I, I personally have never had, um, I've only had a few ex- instances where I think I've seen something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But for me, I feel things a lot more than seeing things. Um, like for me, anytime I see like ghosts depicted as like a, like a gargoyle or like something like dumb like that. I'm like, man, because, because my experience is like, it's always been like human figures, you know, like spirit stuff like that. And I was like, I don't buy into the whole, like, Oh, this creature with claws and you know, stuff like that. But a ton of other people do. Like I really liked the paranormal movies up until it showed like the claw mark. I was like, okay, this sucks. <laughs> like I was like, this is dumb. I hear that. And I guess I kinda I kinda remember my point now. It was more like I feel like just like anything in life, right? certain people are more susceptible to other things, right? Mm-hmm. And so for you, you're you you might naturally be more susceptible, but you also might have just been in this environment for so long that now you can you, you just see it, right? Where some of us, we, we might be on social media too much, we might be on our phones too much, and we're just not seeing, or like I see it as like like a, like a peeling away, right, of layers. Like there's so many different layers around us, and just sometimes we don't see all the layers or multiple layers, and some other people like you either you have that experience or you've just, you're naturally a person who's drawn to being open and seeing those things, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just kind of like how I feel. I don't know what you guys, your guys take is on that, but I mean, like 
for me personally, I know my mind automatically goes to how's that possible? There has to be a reason. Like, for example, legitimately, this happened last night. So last night we went and saw Pet Cemetery. And then afterwards, that was last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gave it a five out of ten. I posted it on our oh. three AM Instagram, so go check that out. <laughs> um, but after that, I decided to go and watch a couple of episodes of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and there were some pretty dark episodes, like some dark stuff happening. I go to sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night last night. I pick up my phone. It says two twenty five. I was like, you almost got me. You almost <laughs> got me. And I had my fan turned on last night. Um, and it was it was just going normal speed. And then all of a sudden, as I'm sitting there or laying there, it starts going faster. It starts going faster. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not possible. So I like sit up for a second and realize that the heater that was down on the floor had just turned on. And so between the two sounds, it sounded like it was going faster. So, like, my mind automatically goes to, okay, how's this possible? Let me figure this out in my mind before I go to whatever could be happening or whatever. And I could be completely wrong. That's just how my mind works. And I went back to sleep after the fan turned off, and I was like, okay, we're good. I hear you. That's kind of how my door is, where, like, my door just pops open when the front door is shut or closed or when my window's open. Like, it doesn't shut. Like, it doesn't lock. So, my doorknob is worthless. <laughs> it's, you can just push my door open. And so sometimes it'll just like in the middle of the night it'll pop open. And there's been times where it's happened and it's I've looked and it's been like right around three AM. But it also happens at like three PM. So it's like not a <laughs> it's not a big deal. But you know, like yeah, I, I hear you, Sean. The house that I live in right now um is really old, actually. Uh I can talk to my landlord. Uh, j- just to preface, uh we live most of us live close to uh, Brigham Young University. Uh, which is in Provo, Utah. Just you live near Brigham Young. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I live behind um, a certain building that used to be one of like the original buildings for the university. It was the it, first. Uh, it was like the academy building. It was yes. the first one. Yes. And my landlord has a picture of it being built. And there's just fields in the back. Right now, there's just a bunch of college housing. Um, but he has a picture of the academy being built and just fields behind it and one house. And that's the house that I live in right now. If you want to know nice. what that house looks like, it's on our Instagram. It is on our Instagram. <laughs> um, we posted it a bit back just a few weeks ago. Uh, we'll find the date on that in the meantime. But... When I, I moved in in about August of last year, and I was getting ready to go to bed. Most of my, uh, all of my roommates were already in their rooms, and they, it, it's all single rooms, um, and they live upstairs. There's one room downstairs, and that's my room. And the light to the laundry room, and the laundry room's in the back of the house, uh, the light for that room, I remember turning off. This is my first week living there. Uh, I turned it off and I went to my room and before I walked into my room, I see out of the corner of my eye, the light is on again. And I was like, I swear I just turned it off. I was pretty tired. So I was like, maybe I didn't turn off. So I went back, turned it on, <laughs> turned it off um, and then started walking back to my room uh, turned on the light to my room and then looked back and the light was on again. And I was like, no way. I turned that light off and I was like, okay, let's do this one more time. At this point, it already happened twice. I was like, I know for a fact I'm walking, I'm breathing. You're looking at your feet. <laughs> They're moving. Yes. Yes. It's like that it's moment like, where you, you like, you've like set, you've like got your bearings and you're like, okay, this is actually happening. Yes. Right now. <laughs> yes. Because it's mindless. You know, you turn on a light to a room, you don't think about it. It's just like automatic, you know, yeah. um, or turning it off. Did and you hear a flick with the light going on? Or? No, no. So I go back, I turn it off. I go back to my room, to the hallway and the light is on again and I just get chills up my spine and 
one of my roommates, I knew he was still awake because he had just went upstairs like a few minutes before all of this happened. And I call out to him. I was like, yo, Ryan, <laughs> just from downstairs, standing there, just like on guard looking. Around. I was like, yo, Ryan. And he's like, what? And Ryan's lived there for a year at that point. So this is his second year living there. I was like, I just turned the light off in the back three times and it keeps turning back on. And he's like, oh yeah, the light to the hallway out right outside your room is connected to that light in the back of the house. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was okay. I, I was okay after that. That's self-haunting. That was so like, that was so relieving. But before that, I was just like, yeah, pure terror. Um, up until we started talking about this, and while Kevin was telling his story, I was actually scared. I was like feeling kind of, kind of scared. Uh, that was just me personally. I don't know if anybody else felt oh that way. I'm personally going to be doing some uh, goodness watching here before I go to bed. So, <laughs> well, when you were talking about, um, well, a couple of us were talking about like being kind of like paralyzed with fear. When you're scared, like you don't want to move because it's like <laughs> you think that moving gives away your position <laughs> or something. <laughs> Like whatever's there, like all that, like doesn't know. That's that deep primal instinct that we have that like we got the like evolution, how we survived is like if I'm still enough, <laughs> the creature with bad eyesight can't see me to kill me, you know? Like, or I like, don't know. Or like how your your bed sheet is like the one defense you have against yeah, the a shield man. against everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're under that, you're good. You yeah. Know? I was always the opposite. Like when I was little it terrified me to go under my bed sheet because then I couldn't see my instinct has always been back into a corner so I can see everything. And I open my smaller eyes for <laughs> wider, wider than normal. And so I can like see everything and, uh, and I'm just dead ass quiet because then it's like, I don't know. That's my best defense in my mind, um, but I'm, I'm the same way. I don't like being covered up because then I don't know it could come at me at any angle. I want to know where you're at at all times. If it's something scary, like I want to I want to be the one who can disappear and you have to and I know where you're at. It's that's how I, I feel like I I feel like that, too, sometimes. But for me, if I get scared enough to the point, if I get to a, a, a point of like a certain level of being scared, like desperation where there's like nothing. Else that's what, that's, that's when I'm like it. paralyzed. I feel like, but while, while Kevin was sharing that story, I don't know. I just felt like something was like watching me. I don't know. It was kind of, it was super eerie. Like the room, bro. That's the room that I woke up in at two twenty five. The light night. is off and the doors creaked open and I didn't, Kevin was laughing super loud, I'm sorry. which is okay. But when I was a kid, one thing that really scared me was like, really loud noises loud laughter like loud no no honestly no honestly i'm I'm serious when i was a kid when like f- we had family and friends over and everyone was like laughing super loud it was like overpowering to me it was just it too made, much to it handle. made me feel really small and i like got super scared so once in a while when there's like really loud noises like i get kind of scared <laughs> like in this case it, it was kind of it was it kind of took me back to that moment because we were already setting the tone with telling a scary story and then <laughs> it sounds so dumb. I know, but so you saying that, right. It makes me think about just other, whether that's being at like church or other functions where there's like kids and then they start crying cause it gets really loud. And I, I personally have never really dealt. Maybe I was when I was really little, but like that make like you explaining it that way. I'm like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. Like they're just getting really overwhelmed by all this noise. Usually I'm just overstimulated. Like, like, why are you and crying? when adults are like, doing their thing, laughing, engaging conversation. They're not listening to you or paying attention to you. And also when you're a child, you don't understand adults or what they are talking about and whatnot. You're not even listening. It's just like mumbling in the background. We're uh, yeah. also going to write a book called how to scar your child for life. <laughs> All of these will be going into that book. <laughs> That's a great idea. By the way, I didn't, I didn't really want to bring this up just because I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm whining, but I think it's kind of, it's relevant. Dead ass. I did not sleep well last night and I woke up several times 
and it was reminiscent of when the Ouija board was on my door. Oh. So like four or five times last night, I would wake up and I I would just sit up and stare at the door, even though I was asleep. It's I don't know how to explain it. I'm awake, but I'm asleep. And so like four or five times last night, I felt something. That lucid dreaming. Was sitting at the door. And so I like, I'd like stopped, turned, and would just stare at the door. Like inside or like you could sense that they were outside of the door just waiting for you? I don't know. I don't know. You just knew at one point, there. it felt like it was standing by my bed. And, and in my head, I was like, it's in. It's too late. And then I fell back asleep. Oh, that's the worst. Because then when you wake up again, you're like, oh. I had to like remember where I was. And then I, and then I was like, oh, the door. And so I'd stare at the door. But just it's weird. You had it last night. I had it last night. I actually had a dream the other night, and listen to this. Oh, my gosh. Is that you? So that sound was coming from me. My roommate recorded that. And I don't, I don't know what you think of that. It's kind of funny to me, but at the same time scary because I know what happened. My roommate thought it was funny because this all happened within like five minutes. And before he started recording that, uh, I was talking to myself uh, while I was sleeping. Um, and I asked, when I woke up from that, I asked him how long, like all of that lasted and he was like five not longer than 10 minutes and it's crazy because when you're in a dream like it just feels like forever mm-hmm. but this was like three nights ago um it was about twelve thirty, and it was the most terrifying dream i've had in a while i feel like you remember it yeah i do it was so vivid it was so vivid in my dream i was stationary and I was standing in a dark room with a window in front of my face that was I think I was like underground ish you know like those houses where like the stairs go down but it's not completely a basement like there's windows and there's like the road right there it was kind of like that um but I was like I knew in my dream that I was kidnapped and I couldn't move and my eyes were wide open and there were people outside and there was a voice right behind my head. And he says, you see them, but they don't see you. And then I start saying, help me, help me, help me. And that's what I was saying to myself, um, that my roommate started taking out his phone to start recording me, but he didn't catch that part. And then after I say, help me in my dream, the voice right behind my head speaks again and says, you hear them, but they don't hear you. And then that's when I start like screaming in my dream, like trying to get out of like, I don't know if I was tied with a rope, but I just couldn't move in my dream. But that was the sound that you heard that I played. It was me like struggling to get out. And then that's the last I remember being stuck there. Do you, were you not able to like physically move? Was it kind of like a dream paralysis? It felt like that, yeah. It wasn't sleep paralysis though. Did you, did you feel Maybe like- there was like well, there's like elements of sleep paralysis in it, but it didn't feel like like normal sleep paralysis to me, because in sleep paralysis I'm just like in my regular room, you know, and like I, I'm in my bed or wherever I'm sleeping. But this I was like in a separate place, and it felt more like I was in a dream. It was like more of a nightmare than sleep paralysis. But yeah, I remember waking up and I told him immediately like, yo, I just had the most terrifying dream. Dude, that is scary. And then he was like, dude, that does sound terrifying. I caught it on video. (laughs) 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 And uh, he was kind of laughing. And it is funny. Dude, it's, it's kind of funny. Like just hearing that sound, but like, like in context and me like experiencing that dream is like it's like scary to me dude <laughs> that's wild. 
That makes me sad. That like hurts my heart. <laughs> I know. You know how we all were saying like when we recorded our sleep paralysis episode that like one of us is going to get it. Yeah. Maybe that was me. Then that night we uh, or that next day we were like, Kate, who got it? And everyone said no. Dude, I think it like came for all of us later. Maybe. Because you had your thing in your room. It was, dude, it was, it was comparable to the, to the Ouija board time where I was like, oh no. And it's the first time I've experienced it in years. Um, So the last like week or so, uh, I haven't like, um, I haven't slept super well, but it's, that's just like, I, I go through periods where I just don't sleep as well, but I've had just like a weird I don't know if it's just me being paranoid or the fact that like we're doing the podcast. So I'm kind of more into scarier stuff than I usually am attracted. Usually I kind of just listen to your stories. Right. Or like you'll, you'll be like, Oh, we need to go see this movie. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll go see the movie with you. I'm not as proactive finding the scary stuff, but like, um, I haven't been able to sleep without like a light in my room. I'll like have my phone light on or I'll have just something like my laptop playing. And I'm just like, I am not trying to, like I've just like either either I've been like spooked out going to bed or like just also our house is a cabin in the woods and I don't trust our landlord. So who knows what debauchery he was doing in here beforehand, you know what I mean? And so like, especially that last week though, I feel like there's been a more enhanced, like just like paranoia of myself. Maybe that's me putting it on, but I've definitely been like, I am not sleeping by myself in the dark the last few days. So so I guess this is our last episode. <laughs> it's getting to us. It's getting too close. I know I mentioned after seeing the movie Us, and uh, that episode was like a week after I saw that movie. I was checking my closet every night for, I don't know, other humans. <laughs> Yourself. <laughs> yeah. But I still have been doing that every night since. Like I've been kind of like, I don't know. I've been sucking myself out with all these podcasts, dude. <laughs> But I check the closet. I'm like, okay, I'm cool. Nobody's there. But one day, <laughs> I'll be I'll be looking at something, and something will be looking at me. What am I gonna do? What do I do? I think for me, like doing this, it's like, um, I I believe, like I believe in you know, paranormal stuff. Like I know people see stuff. I know people experience stuff, and I know I have not as intense as has been illustrated previously, but um. I think my whole thing is like I'm not wanting to have it happen, so I'm just taking all the precautions to like y'all. You're gonna have to haunt me in broad daylight if you want to get me because I'm being extra cautioned up right now. That's uh, I'll say I'm a believer. I believe there's things out there that can't explain. I'm not like hippy dippy. I'm not. I think most of it you could explain away, but I think it's possible. I was just gonna say like. I know that while all of those experiences felt like crazy real to me, there very well could be like a very rational explanation. Like Sean rationalizes all his and he like thinks through it and gets past the fear and doesn't let it get out of control. And then he's like, Oh, okay. It's because of this. I, if I was like a stronger like person mentally or whatever, then maybe I could do that. But I mean, my whole life I've always let my emotions like control me, <laughs> but uh stronger personal person mentally from the ages of five to s- well, your whole life, you have had more intense experiences than I've ever had in my life. And if I had one of those at the age of 29, I would die. And so, well, but here's the thing continue. is <laughs> as a child, I was having to deal with, real life things and so who knows maybe that's how my brain manifested those things like maybe that's how i like dealt with it and instead of it being these bad experiences happening to me my brain told me it was these like spiritual things and so that's why i experienced so many because that was still happening kevin but some of them i think were like legit real whatever i was gonna say gun to your head are you a believer in spirits? Yeah. Duh. Or just like that they can affect or reach out and do things. Oh, hardcore. Yes. I've had so many experiences, good and bad that I can't deny it. So, okay, Sean, 
Um, I was going to say while you're talking, uh, even though I do rationalize and work in my mind through what's actually happening or what is happening, I still believe that due to the mass amounts of stories and experiences, there has to be some reality to that. Even though in my mind, I can reason through most of it. There has to be some reality because of the bulk amount of experiences. And I think it's like, for me personally, I just don't like ever being adamant about a surety of, of things. Because it's just like, it's so com- everything's so freaking complex. We know nothing. I know nothing. It's like, people feel things differently. Like, everyone has very specific, like... Could be real to you, not real to me. Yeah, not real exactly. To you, real to me. Yeah, who knows? Did DJ, did DJ confess his, uh, his opinion? No, I, I believe. Did you say Charles? You said you're a believer. Mm. You did. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's what I I think that's kind of why we started this podcast because all of us believe. And if you don't believe that's no fun. So (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, thank you for coming tonight was powerful. I really liked it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's not going to be the last time I was going to say, I have a couple more that I really want to share because they were doozies. (laughs) So I'm excited. And thanks to everyone out there for for listening. Again, if you have stories, send them in. Or if any of you are out there, like CSI crime scene investigators or, you know, anything, paranormal researchers, whatever it is, just DM us now. Let us know what's going up on. We want to we wanna hear your stories and uh, and get those reported out for you. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all the people out there. <laughs> like me. Y'all Avengers out if there? you're an Avenger. And as always, take luck. Be good. Be safe. Stay haunted. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. <laughs>